is something I really believe in is that you can plant a seed um, no matter who you are in people's lives. Hello and welcome back to the Jarcast. I'm your host, Lucy Kirby. I'm Jack Winfield. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Vopel. Mr. Vopel, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you end up at ACA? Well, hey, yeah, glad to be here. Um, glad to be um, at ACA. This is my fourth year of teaching, and it's actually my third school, so I'm hoping that this one's going to stick uh, for a while. Um, I ended up here, so I uh, my first year after graduating from Georgia Tech, I taught at a small private school in Nashville, then had the opportunity to come back down to Georgia, where I taught in Gwinnett County for two years, um, and realized I was looking for something different, and this opportunity came up. I actually knew... Uh, Miss Yonker, um, tidbit is she taught me in high school. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, she was my internship teacher, uh, this class we had senior year. And um, she's really good friends with my sister. And she and I led a summer earth science course together. Um, and so she said, hey, this physics position is open. And I didn't know much about ACA, but I thought, oh, I don't know. But talking to, the first time I talked to Mr. Andrew really changed my view of the school and made me realize, wow, this is something that I should look into. And here we are. Yeah. Um, so this is, yeah, this is your first year at the school. What, what is different about ACA than the past schools you taught at? It's really interesting. And I think it's something that I wonder as students who, I mean, y'all came here, what, in fourth grade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you know a little bit, but more and more, the majority of students will have had this as the only thing they know, which I think is a good thing. Um, but having had different experiences, my own high school, uh, big public school experience, um, went to Kennesaw Mountain High School in Cobb County, then my experience teaching in a small private Christian school and a giant public school. Um, it's so interesting how the culture is different here. I love that it's small, and I think there's something really special about the students and the faculty, just the way that they care about what they do. There's a standard of excellence, and students are bought in. Um, I don't want to say a bunch of bad things about places I've been before, but I've been places where students don't want to be there and they're on their phones um, all the time and it feels like you're constantly struggling to fight this battle against this giant culture. And uh, when that happens, you have to realize that you just don't fit and you got to go somewhere where you do. And um, I've really enjoyed, it's been refreshing coming here. Uh, well, you mentioned that Miss Yonkers was uh, friends with your sister. Uh, yes. You told us you grew up with three little sisters. What was that like? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm the oldest. My dad and I are kind of a minority in a sorority, if you can say it that way. Um, holding down the fort. So three little sisters. Um, my oldest sister, Zoe, was three years younger, and then next youngest sister was three years younger and then a year and a half younger. So um, Zoe and I are really close in age. She actually lives with us. Um, we're renting a house in Marietta together, um, my wife and daughter. 
and then Zoe lives in the little studio. So it, that's been really fun to see how our relationship changed from, I think we butted heads a lot when we were, when we were younger, especially elementary school aged. Um, and up until, it, it started again in high school when I was a senior and she was a freshman and I would drive her to school and I'm really driven, and so, and, and I was running cross country, and she was on the team, and so I'd be trying to motivate her and push her, and that just completely, she hated that. Um, she literally told me one time, I never want you to cheer for me at a cross country meet. <laughs> that changed, but that was, that was kind of how things were. And then, so the other two sisters were much younger, and so I, for me, they're always, um, Riley and Aiden are their names, like my little sisters, like they were, I mean, they were, I remember when they were in diapers and, and just <laughs> super cute. And so I see those differently. I think having little sisters changed, um, the way that I probably approach situations sometimes in life. Just anyone who grows up, you know, with, a bunch of boys or grows up with a bunch of girls you kind of are used to the way people think or the things they're interested in and we had a lot of barbie movies <laughs> going on yeah and basically i had to watch <laughs> so <laughs> that was uh, that was always interesting but um but i love them and i'm i'm grateful for that experience yeah that's great um, you mentioned cross country. Yes. And you have actually started off the year being the cross country coach. Yeah. So tell us about your passion for cross country. How did you get involved? And um, tell us about a coach who has impacted you. Wow. Um, so I started running my freshman year of high school. Um, coach Schaefer was, um, Coach uh, John Schaefer was our coach at Kennesaw Mountain. And I remember it was the first day of school. I was a new freshman at this um, new high school. I didn't know a lot of people there. And in my homeroom, they made some announcement about if you're running cross country, it was really hot, so you had to drink a bunch of water. And this one girl said, uh, named Rachel, said, cross country, woo woo. Uh, and just that's kind of her personality. And it just planted this seed where I said, huh, maybe that's something I could do. And it's funny because Rachel was never fast um she's always she she really loved it and she gave her best effort but she never ran in a state championship or anything like that but that is something i really believe in is that you can plant a seed um, no matter who you are in people's lives and so i went to the cross country coach and i said uh hey uh coach Schaefer, i'm thinking about running cross country and he's we always did impersonations of him. Um, sometimes he would get mad, but uh, he's from Chicago. He just had this funny voice. Um, still does. I talk to him sometimes. Um, but he said, there's no thinking about it. Either you're doing it or you're not. Which is very, Schaefer was either very stern and really, really um, pushed you, or he was just crazy goofy. He was just this total goofball. <laughs> so I fell in love with the sport through that experience, um, and I had a lot of injuries in high school. I battled it, um, but I, I think I realized that the sport was really built for people like me. I got made fun of in middle school for being a try-hard, just because <laughs> everything, you know, PE or whatever I was doing, I, I just naturally would want to try hard at it. Um, 
And so cross country is the perfect sport for that because you don't have to be crazy athletic. Not that I'm unathletic, but um, <laughs> but it's it's a sport. And what we talk about is it's a team where anyone can be great um, and be part of the best team in the state is our goal. So I fell in love with the experience in high school. I tried to walk on in college at Georgia Tech, and um, truth is I wasn't going to be fast enough for it to be worth it. But I also realized I was overtraining. Um, I was away from home, you know, rigorous schooling. I was working an internship um, at our church, ton of hours doing that. Um, uh, and so I got burnt out, I actually got mono, I didn't realize. Um, I just had this lethargy. I remember coming home, getting groceries one day and just feeling like I was walking in the door. I was like, something is just wrong. Like I'm deathly tired. I've never felt this before. And I found out that I kind of had mono. So I felt like God took running away from me for a few years, really. I just couldn't get back into it. Every day I would try to run easy and it felt like it was really hard. And so um, that was a tough season. But the whole time I was going back to my high school, every Saturday and cheering on the cross country team and just building those relationships with my former teammates. And my senior year, I said, I think I want to coach. I want to coach somewhere. And so they didn't really want me. The new coach um, over there um, had his own vision for what they wanted to do. And so um, an opportunity came up where I got to coach at uh, Westminster, which is actually Lucy where your dad ran. Mm-hmm. And I got to coach with. A legend, um, Coach Joe Tribble, um, who really is a legend in so many ways. And I, it was a, just a massive answered prayer for my life. Um, I was looking for someone to teach me, um, to pour into me, and someone who cared about the, the athletes more than just getting glory from high schoolers. And so that experience was awesome, and it was that to bring it all together that made me realize I want to coach and to do that I want I need to teach um, I was at we had some end of season all metro banquet and this other coach I know um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do next and he said he just said hey what do you teach and he knew I'm not a teacher so I'm a college student I, I'm, I'm just community coaching here and he said no what do you teach meaning figure out what you're going to teach because you need to go into coaching. So here I am. I got into teaching because of coaching, and um, but now I've really fallen in love with the experience of teaching as well. And it took a little bit more time. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Um, this is kind of a shorter question, but what's your fastest mile? Fastest mile? Um, I ran, so for full mile, which... For those who don't know, four laps around a track is 1,600 meters. The full mile, 5,280 feet, is 1,609 meters. So it's like a two-second right. difference. Um, I ran a 439 for a full mile um, a couple years ago. So that would be 437 for the high school distance. Um, so, but I keep up with my training. It's, um, it's a big keystone habit that I have. It's a big sacrifice, um, but it's an honor to be able to do it with the kids. And I feel like I, I have 
much more I can give and further I can go in that. So I, I'm hoping to break that at some point. Yeah. Over, over your time teaching, what characteristics make the best teacher and coach? Lucy, I think that's a great question. Um, the, one of the biggest things that I've learned is you have to figure out who you are in those roles. So it's really easy and, and good and natural to try to imitate people that you respect as a teacher or as a coach. So things that I saw Coach Schaefer do, it just naturally is ingrained in me. Things a lot um, that I learned from Coach Tribble. But I have realized that I can never be uh, them. And I can never be the best version of them. Only they can do that. I can only figure out who's the best version of uh, Mr. Voppel and Coach Voppel, which is hard. Um, But I think it's okay early in your career, whatever the listeners, whatever you go on to do, it's okay to imitate the greats. When we were at Hillsdale this summer, they talked about Picasso. And if you look up early Picasso paintings, you just Google that, it looks nothing like a Picasso. It's just the classic style of the age. Um, it's very, you know, he's crazy and brash and big shapes and big noses and whatever. <laughs> um, but this just looks almost, people might say basic. Um, but what he was doing is he was studying stroke for stroke the masters. And then once he had, had mastered how to be a good painter, he figured out how to be a great painter. And I think the same is true as a teacher or as a coach, is you master the basics, um, and over time you figure out what makes you uniquely who you are. Um, They had um, another guy at Hillsdale, uh, Mr. Copeland, who is a master teacher, but one of the things he said that stuck out to me reading, uh, talking about this book um, about a teacher from England, it's a fictional story, but he said, this phrase, you learn the gentle eccentricities um, as you age as a teacher, where you're not out there performing, and teaching and coaching is a performance art. You, you know, some days you're not feeling it, and you've got to go out there and just pretend. But over time, you, you learn the gentle eccentricities of your personality, and you get really comfortable with who you are. So... I said it to say I'm, I'm still really early in learning a lot of those things. I think um, I think I'm 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 never going to be some crazy harsh disciplinarian. Um, it's not in my nature. But you have to learn you have to learn how to have enough of that to be not just drowning and let these teenagers just totally overrun you because they will um no offense you guys you're learning to be virtuous but you're not necessarily virtuous yet um and so i don't know if that answers your question but i would just say i'm i'm in a phase where i'm figuring out who i am as a teacher um i think i'm i'm kind of witty i like to say stuff for effect and not let kids know if I'm kidding or not (laughs) just to to goof around that way um I think I think I'm naturally an encourager and a motivator so um I have to learn how to lean into those and and all that so I hope that answers your question
that was a wonderful response. You seem to be a very curious person and be passionate about a lot of subjects. If you were not teaching or coaching, what would be your dream profession? Oh, dream profession. Because this is not it. <laughs> no, this, uh, um, I, I love what I get to do. Um, what would be my dream profession? I could see myself working um, in ministry. I loved the, so I actually interned at Buckhead Church in college, I mentioned that earlier, where was Jack... That was my, back, my next question. Yeah, Jack was a student in, in the middle school yeah. ministry called Transit, and uh, that was just an awesome experience because um, it was an amazing team. It was one of the best, best teams I've ever worked on in terms of chemistry, and everyone was on mission for what we're trying to accomplish, and you felt like you're having a real difference and it was fun i mean it's so fun to to dream up these you know just a normal sunday fun games i was always out because i'm not much of a planner um unfortunately so teaching maybe the wrong profession um, <laughs> you have to figure that out a good thing i get to repeat classes but i would be out at midnight on saturday the night before um getting all these game supplies like there was this game where we did models and buckets which is maybe on some show like Jimmy Fallon or something like that, where um, the kid sits in this baby pool and they get to pick a bucket. And in the bucket are all these crazy nasty things, but in one of them is money um, or some prize. And so they pick a bucket and it's SpaghettiOs get dumped on the kid's head. So I, I would be out buying these baby pools, buying the ponchos, buying the goggles. So we would do that. Um, and prepping the slides for the speakers. So I teach public speaking here, and um, part of that experience in college is what made me so passionate about speaking and communication, and I felt like I learned a lot um, with just getting to work with some amazing communicators um, and preparing for a Sunday and, and dreaming up, just being goofy, because middle schoolers are goofy. Um, but then we would do it at camps, like Frequency, where we would go to the FFA camp in Covington and have this insane weekend planned, um, and you just get to be part of all those details, and then you're coming in and there's all this energy. Um, there's nothing like 300, 400, 500 middle schoolers screaming a song at the top of their lungs on Friday night. Just, just some pop song that they're playing um, as everybody's getting ready and the lights are dim. They're just going crazy. So that was a fun experience. Um, so maybe doing something like that. Um, I also, people have always asked me growing up when I'm running for office. Because I was just known, that was my reputation in high school. Was um, my superlative was most likely to become president. So watch out uh, in the future. That may be a, a good thing, may not be. Um, but... That's something I am incredibly passionate about, and part of why I'm here at ACA is uh, we're raising intelligent, virtuous citizens, and there's a, a love and respect for the founding principles of the United States and the Constitution, um, and I love those things. Uh, I actually thought maybe I would be better suited as a, as a history teacher or civics or um, economics but 
I think physics is really good because it's practical and I love solving problems. So, but one of the cells for coming here is there's flexibility one day if that's something, you know. So, just watch out, Betancourt. Coming for your job. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not really. I, and to think, to think about what, what your teachers know, what Miss Jackson, what Mr. Betancourt, or Dr. Farmer, what they know about history is so, so amazing. Um, how well read they are. So I have a long way to go. But I have read Witness by Whitaker Chambers. So there's that. <laughs> Basically there. Basically. Um, I read that this earlier this year. Well, we are running short on time, so um, I'm going to ask you this last question. Great. You mentioned earlier you've been to all 50 states, um, and more specifically all 50 Major League Baseball fields. Um, What was your favorite state and your favorite baseball stadium? So uh, the thing about visiting all 50 states is I felt like there was something really cool to do in every single state. So, for instance, people may think Iowa is lame but that's where the field of dreams is and um, they have an amazing state capital that if you well one the, there's just beautiful artwork this massive gold dome um, and they told us if you if you took all the gold and crunched it up it would be the size of a baseball which is crazy this is massive they, they get it out so thin because it's so malleable um, shout out to miss huff chemistry but um so a state like that, cool stuff. I would say the states I really loved were out west. I loved Montana, Idaho. Okay, Mr. Nugent, been there I think three times we said earlier. I really, I love the, the open sky and the space. Um, Utah, Canyonlands, and uh, Arches National Park, amazing. So I think I would pick one of those states to go visit um, as one of my favorites. And out of the baseball stadium, so there's 32 teams. I've not been to the new Rangers stadium, so I can't include that. I loved the history of Fenway and Wrigley because those are the two oldest. Just so cool. The tunnels are, are just crammed in there and it's this awkward design. Um, so I, I think for that value, I loved those. A newer stadium I loved was the Padres in San Diego. Really cool. They built the stadium to where the third base foul pole is the corner of an existing warehouse building that was already there. So they planned the stadium around that. And it just had all these zones. This one part you would walk through felt like the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Um, yeah. And... Then when you would go into that warehouse building, it was cool because it had old floors and these um, really cool boxes that people could rent um, and get tickets in. So, yeah, it was an awesome experience. My dad and I did the baseball trips, um, and then my family, we checked off all 50 states together. Wow, that's so cool. Um, well, it's been a joy, and y'all are both great students to have. Um, and just glad to be here at ACA and uh, fun to talk about all sorts of stuff. Yes. So thank you to our listeners and until next time. Peace.